Hello and welcome to the eWellbeing Youth Podcast with your hosts Raquel and Charlotte. This is the podcast on all things mental health, where we talk to young people about topics impacting youth wellbeing. E-Wellbeing is a youth mental health platform brought to you by YMCA Dancing Group. In today's episode, we'll be talking about mental health stigma. Just a quick content warning before we start the podcast. Please be mindful that in this episode, we'll be talking about topics that some listeners may be sensitive to. Now on with the podcast. In today's episode, Charlotte and I are joined by our lovely youth ambassadors, Phoebe, Amani, Fiona, Annabelle and Sean, to talk about mental health stigma. This is how it went. Hey guys, it's so nice to have you all here today. Um, I hope you're all doing well. So I thought we could start the podcast episode by talking about what mental health stigma actually is. Hi, I'm Phoebe. I would say stigma is, it's like prejudiced attitudes of preformed opinions that are like usually based on incorrect information that spreads and then everyone thinks the wrong things about something. Why, why do you think there's a stigma around mental health? Hi, I'm Amani. I think it stems from a historical, has historical roots in the lack of understanding that we're getting to now. But for years and years, it's been um, not well understood. I think that has like trickled down and that's what we're like breaking out of. But yeah, I think it's like it's deep set in society. Hi, I'm Fiona. I think people don't really understand the spectrum of mental health. And I think as soon as you say you've got a mental health problem, people just assume the worst. Like, or actually it can just be that you struggle getting up in the mornings or it can be like a whole wide range of things. And I think people just assume then that you're not able to function properly and that's not always the case yeah I think a lot of people as well they compare it to like if say if you're physically ill there's like something that you can see that you can treat and like more people would experience it and it would look the same so you're like oh that's that and this is how we treat it whereas like mental health you can't see it all the symptoms are so varied well I even like the mm-hmm. DSM-5 years ago that had diagnoses in that are just not in there anymore because it's not a mental health condition so that's like the diagnostic statistical manual of mental health conditions um the fifth version is the one they're on now all of the mental health illnesses are in it um like a list of symptoms diagnostic like homosexuality used to be in that manual as a mental health condition because people thought that's what it was back then but obviously as we understand it now it's not in there as the manual has like new additions going we're working as we're progressing in our knowledge of the human brain so all that information that we did have is changing all the time hi i'm sean i think a lot of the time the stigma around mental health is just made worse by all like the negative media coverage of it um I remember when we learned about it at uni, there was just a lot of like big headlines about like schizophrenic people being crazy and like murderous and all of this. And it's that's 
a tiny, tiny percentage of it. And it, it's made it seem like men, people with mental health are scary and there's something wrong with them. Like, but it's not. There's like this like misconception that people who are experiencing psychosis will be violent but actually like most of the time they're not and that they're more of a danger to themselves than they are to anybody else but actually it's like the media's being quite problematic about the way they're portraying people who are experiencing these things is actually the problem not the not the psychosis itself like most of the time hi i'm annabelle I think also in terms of the stigma, there's kind of, it's weird. It's almost as if the two ends of the spectrum are so wrong in both ends. Because one end, you could be seen as crazy or, you know, like this sort of fantasy sort of theory that people have created of like being a monster. But then also you can get people being like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not coping well with my mental health. And some people see it as a scapegoat or they think that you're over-exaggerating and especially like I'm 16 so especially as a teenager people are like oh it's a phase and it's really invalidating and that's when it can become harder to deal with things because then you feel like you're not being listened to and then if you're in a manic episode that's when you do become more of a monster figure if you want to use their terms because you don't know how to deal with it you can lash out and stuff like that but it's almost like you're being put under almost like an umbrella term of mental health you know you could be our age quite modern and still have that perspective because your parents raised you up that way like it's it's all about I think where the um root cause of it has been informed from you like from your perspective I think um in terms of like what you're saying about how you were raised and I think there's like such a, a cult like cross-culturally there's such a big difference um in the perceptions of mental health so I'm I'm from some of my family's from the Middle East and it's not mental health is not something that's really addressed so growing up here but having influence from that part of the world and then you know and then it's like okay but there's just less of an acceptance of it and it's more it's brushed under the carpet more which means that a lot of people um, in the UK who have who are like first generation their parents have moved here and they have ideas about things and then the and then kids here growing up who are struggling and aren't getting their support from their wider circles because it's not really addressed as as much so I think cross-culturally as well there's um big differences that I've experienced yeah mm, I think there's sort of there's a sense of kind of you, you kind of can't win either way because on the one sense you know you have people who experience their mental health kind of being swept under the carpet uh, or you know being invalidated and being like oh no it's a phase and oh no it's not that bad but then on the other hand you know if you get to that point where you're really not coping then people don't want to help and it ends up you know people end up don't getting the support they need because people are scared of of how to respond and it's really difficult you know people are saying you know, oh yeah, mental health matters, and you know, that's that's you know, break the stigma in popular culture. But then, those things still exist. I was going to say I read something the other day, but it was talking about the anxiety trend, not my mm-hmm. words, theirs, sweeping through um, teenagers in secondary schools, um, and basically saying 
it was like catching a cold. It, was, it made me like livid reading it, talking about like how one person says it and then everyone's anxious and about like the return to school. And I was just thinking, you try doing a pandemic, a year off school, not socialising with anyone and then going back. I was like, everyone is experiencing some kind of anxiety or anxiousness in their own way and then to call it a trend just completely wipes out everyone's feelings especially in teenagers because I do think you get ignored a lot anyway because it's like oh you're hormonal Mm. or you're that you're just being a moody teenager or I thought you're not helping the situation people already feel awful as it is why would you you just add into the stigma constantly and everyone when they were talking about the whole be kind thing once Caroline Flack died but then a couple of months later we were slating everyone else in different headline stories like mm-hmm. the media I mm-hmm. think have a lot to answer for in the creation. Yeah calling everyone snowflakes for like addressing yeah. mental health issues and stuff like that. That Yeah and one minute saying I'll oh, be kind you know after Caroline Flack and you know other celebrities that you know have had mental health difficulties but then you know attacking Meghan Markle Mm -hmm. and other people it's like well you can't do one and and then the other as well like that that doesn't make sense I think it can be sometimes glorified as well they uh, like in relation to maybe like eating disorders celebrities lose a lot of weight because they're struggling with eating disorders or depression or something people were quick to say oh look how good she looks or look how great she must be feeling Mm -hmm. or or vice versa they put on some weight and then they're like oh she must be really having a tough time and I think that attaches a lot to it as well and it realistically you've no idea what has caused either of those and maybe they are just eating really healthy and getting into their fitness or maybe they've got crippling depression and can't get out of bed and aren't eating I think people Mm. are so quick to comment on things you can't look at somebody and and have any idea what their mental health is and I think that people People think that that's the case, that you can judge somebody's health just by looking at them, but you can't judge anybody's physical health by looking at them. And it's the same as you can't Mm. judge their mental health by looking at them either. It's like when people say, if you had a broken leg, they wouldn't just be like, oh, get up and walk. Mm. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. I'm probably like everyone else now, but I look at people like Kendall Jenner and stuff and I'm like oh I want to look like her sort of thing but you don't know what's going on with her like people think like I don't I also find it sad how even like with the Caroline Flack thing it takes someone to get to the point where they take their own life or even if they're a Mm -hmm. celebrity or anything for people to listen Mm -hmm. but only for the Mm -hmm. fact of like a few weeks like it's awful like it's not even like they listen for a long time like they listen and then it's all gone within a few weeks and it's kind of as if like you know it it kind of makes you think like to what point do we what do we actually have to do to get this sort of perspective heard because you know with the Meghan Markle thing there's so many double standards it's so hard to Mm -hmm. try and campaign for these things but I think it's a good movement that I think is starting to gather some pace I think what frustrates me as you said you know it, it takes someone taking their own life for them to do something but then it's only it's very short-lived but also there's a sense of the media in particular only doing only taking action when they're faced with the consequences you know they're not thinking beforehand what could happen you know what could my words 
do to this person. It's only when the worst happens, they think, oh, oh no, I've got to, I've got to backtrack now and do damage control and, and say, be kind. And it, it's, it's empty words, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's getting to the point where people, it's not getting that far, you know, people are, and, and media and organizations are thinking, okay, we need to be careful about how this could affect someone's well-being. Hello there. I'm just jumping in in the middle of the podcast with an exciting opportunity. We are looking for creative young people based in Sussex, age 16 to 25, who are interested in mental health. Is that you? Would you like to become a youth ambassador like these lovely lot in this podcast episode? Here are some of our youth ambassadors talking about why they chose to volunteer with us. I became a youth ambassador because I'm passionate about mental health and in particular mental health with young people. I wanted to make a change in my local community. It was like one of those things where I always was passionate. I've always been passionate about mental health um, ever since I was in like secondary school. And it's always something that I wanted to do. I became a youth ambassador to give back to the community uh, and helping out with young people who are maybe my age or younger. Also, it really helps my mental health because it makes me feel like I'm doing something to help other people and that's a big part of my kind of core values and and beliefs that I enjoy doing. If this sounds like something you'd like to get involved with head to our website that's e-wellbeing.co.uk forward slash get involved to find out more. We hope to hear from you soon. Now back on with the podcast. Um, it also crossed my mind about like um, uh, gender differences and um, the drive at the moment for young men's mental health also and like the whole toxic masculinity thing. Men don't talk about their problems and then it's like because of, like the toxic masculinity thing but then on the other hand perceived that women have more mental health problems because they women are talking about mental health but then I think sometimes what can happen still is because because um it might be perceived that our women are just more anxious those women that then are actually experiencing anxiety are denied access to care because it's like oh well that's just what women are like you know women might talk about it more or be perceived to talk about their mental health more and men not so much but they you know men and women and any gender identity all experience mental health issues they're all there still they exist historically anxiety has been dubbed as hysteria in women and they you know women who were like having a really tough time would be sort of institutionalized and um you know for for experiencing mental health but it was just described as hysteria which is like a quite a loaded Mm -hmm. term and it's still used like it's still chucked about these days you know yeah you'll hear it in the media they'll 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 call women who are talking about their emotions or who are upset about things hysterical and um it's those sorts of language as well which I think can reinforce mental health stigma like like um misuse of of language like people calling people crazy and things like that is like very unhelpful I feel like it kind of not it stems from school but I feel like high school especially was where I like saw people in my year experiencing mental health issues or like symptoms and then half of them like the girls especially would just be labeled as attention seeking when 
they their feelings were valid and they were experiencing all they were experiencing but because they were like talking about it or it was happening like publicly at school they were branded as attention seeking so I feel like that doesn't help young people understand mental health how does that make other people in the room feel that don't know the information they need to but are just hearing two mm-hmm. different things like I feel like it's not talked about enough in school and school is where loads of issues arise I feel like now if I if I was having a conversation about mental health or I heard someone talking about mental health wrongly or spreading the wrong information I'd be able to say actually no that's not right but in school it wasn't like that because I didn't have any of the information in my head I was just listening to what people were saying and none of them knew what they were talking about I felt like in school there just wasn't ever really much emphasis on mental health like they got rid of our like PSHE lessons or whatever they were and that would have been the best time to talk about it but there never was the whole way through and I think that could be a really helpful thing to have like even if it's just like a day a year at least it's going to happen five times over secondary school because you learn about sex ed in school and obviously that's important to like all people and mental health is obviously not in the same like area but is still a really important subject that you don't learn in English or math. I would argue that sex education and education on mental health is all part of the spectrum of like having a healthy relationship with yourself. And I think that they are both very important skills that are both Mm -hmm. shrouded in loads of taboo. And like, it's really interesting what you were saying about, um, about people being labeled as attention seeking when they were like displaying mental health symptoms and stuff like that. When actually like, that's really, really counterproductive because it's discouraging people who from like speaking out about it which is exactly what we need to end the stigma and for people to get help you know they need to be able to vocalize what's going on in some way or like reach out for support and if they have internalized this idea that they're attention seeking that's just really unhelpful um and can lead to like you know things getting worse for that person and for everybody who is also as you were saying like other people who are hearing it obviously with when someone is speaking about mental health and then their maybe their feelings are not acknowledged or like are rejected obviously that leads to like them experiencing like isolation bullying shame and obviously all those things can lead to their mental health deteriorating even more so if that's happening at a young age I feel like you're potentially less equipped to deal with it than if it was happening to you a bit later in life because you don't have the like general life experience so I feel like yeah that's just something that's it all builds on top of each other like self-esteem as well is like one it's a huge thing in loads of different mental health issues like if you have low self-esteem you're more likely to suffer from this and this like especially with anxiety so it's like people's self-esteem shouldn't be like belittled or like they shouldn't be made to feel less because of the way they're feeling if they're expressing it they should be like supported and there's definitely like a flaw in the education system and I think maybe that's where it needs to start in schools especially like year seven or whatever we had like PSHE lessons that were basically just like make sure everyone's nice to each other and that was about as much as it covered but yeah I think that it should be part of the curriculum that you need to talk about these things and like you said sex education and mental health sort of all tie into one as well because ignoring it and pretending that it's not happening which I think a lot of adults maybe do with children 
or teenagers, whatever, doesn't stop the problem. Like not educating people about sex doesn't stop them having sex. Just like not educating people about mental health issues doesn't stop the mental health issues. I think the more education around it, the better equipped people are to deal with it. And then the more open the conversation is, hopefully the stigma will die away as well. I completely agree. I completely agree because I mean, especially because I'm obviously still in like high school. Mm. Um, and it, even though it's something that's more spoken about, we, in order for us to even get to that stage, like students have had to like put in like um, loads of forms and like everything. Like it, it shouldn't have to be this hard. Um, and even though like if, a girl was to come in on crutches you wouldn't you know you wouldn't give your opinion on that whereas people automatically think because it's mental health they can give their opinion on it and it's kind of like actually who are you to talk about my emotions because it like if you like are suffering from mental health issue I don't want to say illness because like I I personally like I wouldn't want to call my mental health an illness because I sometimes find it quite empowering but also I feel as if in educating people my age or at a younger age even to even support their friends like little things like that I really think would be helpful in the education system because you're going to deal with this at some point and if it's not you it's going to be your friend or your colleague so I really think it's something that everyone should get involved with as soon as possible really. You made a really good point there as well about mm-hmm. how it's your emotions and some people could have the same mental health problem as it is classified or diagnosed or whatever you want to call it, but that the experience of that can be so different and no one can tell you how you're feeling because it's your feelings. Everything is about how it makes you feel and what your reaction to it is. I think it's really like important that, yes, okay, you might have anxiety and someone else might have anxiety, but that the experience of that is so different. You can't compare two people. That's been a good thing about our generation is that we have had access to the internet and through having access to the internet, we've been able to find other people who are experiencing similar things to us or have like, and it's been really amazing for people like finding community. Um, and that's really empowering. But I think that that it's true. There is a fine balance between like, being empowered by other people experiencing the same thing as you and understanding that your mental health is unique to you and every single person has mental health um and I think that's not I think mental health like the word itself is sometimes like really it's stigmatized in itself people people think it automatically means you're really unwell but everybody has mental health and it can be it's a whole spectrum and in your life you're likely to go up and down and around the spectrum Mm. um and yeah it's it's like as a lifelong journey with your mental health yeah because they do it's the same as as you know you've got physical health you've got mental health you've got brain health you've got it's it's all that it's mm. it's your health but yeah you're right I think yeah, it's a really people hear point. mental health and automatically think oh mental health condition or mental health problem and that's that's not the case <laughs> maybe that is something as well then people should talk about having good mental mm. health because that never really gets discussed about and what they're doing to have better mental health and I think maybe if people are talking about their good days as well as their bad days and showing the spectrum that okay you might have a mental health illness but some days are good days and some days are bad days that might be 
a way to break the stigma as well. It's such a catch-22, isn't it? Because um, you're not, people will look down on you if you have bad mental health or make judgments if you're struggling with your mental health. And then if you one day go, look how amazing I feel today. Here's a banging selfie I want everyone to Mm. see. And then people are like, whoa, they're too confident or they're too, why are they telling us about this? And so like, it's like, what, what, what do you want? Do you want us to feel good about ourselves? Or do you want us to feel bad about? And I, when I say, what do you want? I sort of just mean society in general. Like it's, it's hard to find that balance because if you do one day feel confident and then someone's like, oh, okay. Then that knocks you back again, doesn't it? So people always want you to feel good, but just not better than them. And that's the, that's the difficult bit. <laughs> Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) That was really interesting. I've never thought about it like that. I mean, that's kind of a grim look on (laughs) on humans, but like a society route in general. But it's true. (laughs) It's actually true. People really want to hype you up until you do something that they are jealous of, and then they will turn down for it. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I've had good and bad days, and like on good days like you know you feel really empowered like you want to speak about everything like you feel as if like you're gonna sort of like conquer the world and then the next day you're not and then people are just like I don't understand how you mm. can change from that and stuff like that and it's just like well, actually like no you can't comment on that like just get, what is your problem it's kind of as if like when we talk about the balance like it almost makes you think like why should I have a balance? Why can't I have good and bad days? Because actually, quite frankly, I don't need to be balanced. And if you want me to be, then that's your problem. Like, it's just, I don't know, like people are always going to have their problems. But when it comes to mental health, I really think it's something that hopefully we can try and tackle. Yeah, I think that's the thing, you know, having good days and then bad days that's the more realistic thing you know we're not all gonna just be at a certain level and maybe dip a little bit and they go up a little bit like you know we we chop and change it's you know our emotions can be here one minute and here the next so and as you said you know there are always going to be people that you know maybe want to step on you to lift themselves up but I have noticed more recently I don't know if it's because I've had like a social media clear out and followed loads of better people but I feel like there's so many more there's a much more of a community now perhaps online maybe more so than in person potentially but there's there's a community now and a feel now that it's normal to talk about mental health and it's normal to talk about the good and the bad days it's normal to have you know ups and downs and it's it's more what it is there seems to be a feel of it being more accepted now I agree I think the unity of it all is empowering in itself so like you know I don't I don't I don't want to call people like a sheep but I think if someone around them is actually like yeah you know what like I completely agree with that then even if you agreed with it in the first place it's easier to open up about it and I think that's a good thing like yeah I think unity is empowering especially with this sort of thing how do you think we could de- like what is the steps for destigmatizing mental health like do you we've talked about education do you guys have any more ideas maybe we can like end this episode on a kind of positive like and like I feel like this conversation has been really positive mm-hmm. but does anyone have any ideas I think mainly it's like 
understanding and learning so like whether that's people are taught it or they go away themselves and do research but understanding maybe stigma itself understanding like different mental health conditions how like it varies for who experiences it like people's environmental impacts as well the smallest things can contribute to someone's mood so like if you learn more about different factors you're able to observe or like dip in and acknowledge different things that contribute towards like stigma or mental health in general I notice quite a lot of um over generalization of people using terms such as like OCD or PTSD or like bipolar they're like three that really mm-hmm. stick out oh she has such mood swings she's bipolar and it's like no let's not use terms like that because that's mm-hmm. actually someone's experience let's not devalue that where, where stigma could be like reduced is is not attaching those things to like negative characteristics mm-hmm. in people do not like negative events and stuff um yeah and it also like devalues like trauma and I I don't know that's something Mm -hmm. that I think that being aware in conversations of how you might be or like using um, mental health language yeah I think language is an important one I think people can often like be like oh yeah snowflakes or language as you were saying before Sean but actually I think Mm -hmm. there is there is a lot of power in words I don't know I think that like a little bit of change in language for someone's comfort and someone like feeling good about themselves is so worth it yeah I I agree so things like yeah like you both were saying about people saying oh I'm you know so OCD or oh they're being bipolar like it's really dismissive to people who do have those mental health conditions that are real conditions and are really you know can be quite difficult to live with and by associating them with behaviors that people think are negative it's completely it is diminishing and devaluing kind of you know someone experiencing that I also think people should embrace their good days when they feel empowered like use those days when you do feel as if you have a voice and make that day significant so like even if you are like expressing your um like if you want to correct someone on the language they've used that will make a mark in the other person like they will think oh actually like you know if she had the courage enough to say it, then maybe it's important. And I just think that people should encourage their good days and really like try and make a mark on that day. Yeah, I think that that a lot of the misunderstanding around mental health comes from mm-hmm. like lack of education and lack of understanding of mental health, like like society wide. Um, and that, yeah. Those who feel able to share stories is is really helpful. Like to share their mental health journey can be really empowering, but no one should feel pressured to do that either. Um, but I think it's important for people to realise to like have those conversations at school and in the workplace. Like, I'm not feeling very good today because my mental health is, you know, my mental health is a bit wobbly mm. today or whatever. Can be a useful a useful thing if you feel comfortable to do so. Um. Well, firstly, I just want to say, like, when you talk to your parents about it, like, if you're having a bad day, um, like, I've had to, because I'm obviously, I'm doing a psychology degree, so I'm quite familiar now with all the different mental health issues. Like, my little sister, who's um, 15, she's still in secondary school, kind of talking to my mum about, like, 
my sisters and kept trying to explain to her like they're not being over dramatic and stuff like that like there's actually something going on behind the scenes and like encouraging her to actually seek some help for them like when needed because it's not always just girls being girls sometimes it is a bit more than that but it's not like your parents fault mm. because they're never taught anything like this so my mom's very she's like happy to listen she wants the information she's glad to know that there can be something done about it so it's an interesting conversation to have I think it all just stems down to like open communication and being open-minded and like even this conversation now hopefully will be so useful to some people thanks everyone that was really informative and really interesting a lot of food for thought there a lot to reflect on after that conversation um it's just been really lovely to have you all on the podcast and to hear all of your voices and all of your opinions um hopefully we'll have you all again on here soon see you later bye 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 see you later Bye. bye Okay, folks, that's all for now. Thank you so much for listening and thank you again to our lovely youth ambassadors for all of their thoughtful inputs today. Um, That gives you a little bit of an insight into what our um, youth meetings are like. Lots of interesting dialogue going on. Um, Yeah, it's just been really, really nice. So um, thank you for listening and um, we hope to see you soon. And remember, if you need some support with your mental health, our website is full of tips, ideas and easily accessible support for young people. Check it out at e-wellbeing.co.uk. And before you go, make sure to follow us on our socials. For Instagram, that's at underscore e-wellbeing and that's the same for Twitter. And for Facebook, it's just e-wellbeing. Thanks for listening.